Hi, welcome to Talking Usework. My name is Rui Branco and together with Anita Silva, we bring you a podcast where we interview usework experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in usework, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on use trends or responsible for use policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can use workers shake up, upgrade and innovate on their daily work. Hi everyone and welcome back to Talking Youth Work. We hope we had uh, you had a great summer. We did. Um, but actually uh, we are now restarting our podcasting and are really happy about it. And with me today I have of course Rui. Hi Rui. Hello. <laughs> How are you feeling? Yeah, very good. Uh, quite warm <laughs> this summer. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> well, uh, our guest today is Judith Balog. And I know Judith now for two years, I think, one year and a half maybe. And it's been um, someone who I admire a lot um, because of uh, the work she's doing so far and how it impacts youth work, um, not in one country, but all over Europe. So welcome, Judith. Thanks a lot, Anita. And uh, thanks for the nice welcoming words. And thanks a lot for inviting me for your podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's our pleasure. Um, Judith, uh, before starting uh, to talk about the project that we want to explore today, uh, I would like, uh, actually for me as well, to learn a little bit about your background and uh, how comes you, you end up in Brussels, because I, don't know, I know that you're not from there. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, okay. Uh, it has been uh, already a long story that I've been in youth work. And yes, uh, I was not born in Brussels, not in Belgium. I'm Hungarian. And uh, I just actually moved to Brussels because of Europe Goes Local. <laughs> and uh, I started uh, in youth work or with young people in uh, approximately 1998, mm -hmm. uh, when I started to volunteer uh, in an organization uh, supporting uh, young people with different kinds of um, activities, leisure activities, free time activities. Uh, also, uh, we worked with refugee youngsters that time in Hungary. Yeah. And then uh, I started to discover European uh, opportunities that were available for young people already as a youth worker. So uh, I, I met the opportunities of the uh, former youth program of the European mm -hmm. Union. I organized lots of youth exchanges, uh, took part in seminars, trainings, and I prepared lots of volunteers for the European Voluntary Service. And uh, at one point I decided to change uh, and uh, I left the NGO where I worked uh, at and uh, I joined the Hungarian National Agency of uh, the Youth in Action program. That time it was already called mm -hmm. like that. And um, yeah, I worked at the Hungarian National Agency in different positions. Uh, I also worked um, in another area uh, in the employment field uh, where uh, uh, I also dealt with youth employment, but just briefly. 
and then uh, a big change happened in 2016. Uh, I saw a call for a project coordinator uh, for a network project that uh, supports municipalities and local NGOs at the European level. And I applied for this call. And uh, in 2016, July, I ended up in uh, Europe Goes Local as a project <laughs> coordinator. And since then, I've been doing that. And uh, for one year, I've been doing this in Brussels. Yeah. Wow, great. <laughs> this is journey. short. It's a journey. <laughs> yeah, a long journey. And uh, uh, yeah, just uh, saying it short now. <laughs> I-, I would have a question about that. Once you started joining the international activities uh, using the um, now called the Erasmus Plus program, organizing international youth exchange. So when you internalized, no, internationalized your practice, uh, did that change your view about youth work? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. I would say that uh, it brings a huge added value, mm-hmm. uh, learning about different other realities uh, simply. Just uh, leaving the local context or the national context, um, having the opportunity to exchange and and yeah, learn from each other, uh, it's a big change. And on the other hand, it was also it's also a big change in terms of resources. Uh, I just uh, I remember that uh, back uh, in Hungary in. Uh, at the end of the 90s and uh, in 2000 something uh, the main resources of uh, um, uh, youth work were yes yeah, some resources were available also at the national level or local level but mm-hmm. uh, the european uh, funding really boosted uh, youth work in hungary that time and uh, Uh, the opportunities just opened up uh, of um, offering lots of uh, lots of new uh, ideas, lots of new opportunities for uh, exchanges, for uh, trying out new methods, meeting new people, and learning. Really, learning. Simply. Yeah, I think sometimes we underestimate the power of contact. Just the contact with different realities, right? Just just being in contact with other youth workers that work differently or have other resources or other problems, uh, it's really enriching. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, mm. yes. It's uh, I think it's really a key uh, to 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 see how others do things, how others approach the same problems in a different context and just get inspired. I think the uh, right. the inspiration mostly comes from peer learning uh, in, in most fields. And uh, one thing right. that uh, also uh, I found that when contacting with different realities, it makes us think about why we're doing what we're doing. Maybe we didn't question because we start doing, we start helping, we start teaching, but uh, we don't uh, think about why. And when we contact with different realities, it makes us question. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, we we just uh, start uh, seeing our uh, daily work or ourselves from a different angle, simply. And uh, yes, we put questions. We we might learn about different other new solutions. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So I, I really value peer learning and, and mm-hmm. inspiration. Uh, that comes from others, other realities. 
And and I think that has really a lot to do. And it's a really big advantage that you have that passion for peer learning uh, for your work now, coordinating the Europe Goes Local project. So tell us about that project. Yes, uh, just to uh, answer uh, or to to, uh, to react on what you said, yes, Europe mm. Goes Local is uh, really a peer learning uh, mm. network, uh, a learning uh, organization or a, or a learning project for all the members. And uh, yeah, to... It's also it has also become already a long story <laughs> of uh, uh, what Europe goes local is. So Europe goes local is a network project, uh, and uh, it involves twenty three countries at the moment uh, from all over Europe. And uh, this um, I, I said at the moment because uh, some new countries are about to join. There is a big interest uh, in in joining in, mm -hmm. and. Um, the 23 countries uh, uh, also um, yeah, involve different actors, not only from the national level, but Europe Goes Local is a network project to support municipalities and local organizations that really carry out youth work at the grassroots level or which supports the implementation of youth work at the grassroots level. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the 23 countries, we work uh, together with about 200 partners, different cities, uh, different towns, but also in some countries, ministries are involved, trainers, facilitators. So it's a big learning network, a big uh, network of uh, exchanges and uh, uh, with the passion of um, uh, increasing the quality of local youth work to support each other uh, in uh, the quality development of local youth work. Um, the project started in 2016 uh, and uh, it's a project that is financed by the Erasmus Plus program. Uh, it's an initiative of the national agencies uh, of the Erasmus Plus program. So the major driving force behind this network is the national agency network of the, of the, the Erasmus program in the youth field. And... Uh, yeah, now we have uh, a three years history in the project. Um, each national agency, the 23 national agencies, set up national working groups. Uh, in the national working groups, they involved all these municipalities and local NGOs that I mentioned. And uh, it's also a big value in the project that it's really a flexible and tailored project for the different national and local realities. So in the project, we have common European activities, but we also have lots of different activities running at the local level, national level, or at the European level, but in a smaller scale. So, for example, bilateral cooperations happen a lot in the, in the project. So it's, it's a network project uh, that supports uh, the quality development of local youth work to say it short. <laughs> no, you said it really well. And I think it's impressive that the network is not only of youth workers or of NGOs, but it's really diverse, the institutions and persons that are uh, joining this network. So you have different levels of uh, organization, bodies, political bodies, uh, professionals. So I, I think it's not just peer learning, but it's 
community building because you gather so many different players who have a say in youth work in, in countries. And that, of course, varies from country to country, who has a say on youth work and how it's organized. It's so diverse. I think that's a, a really a big added value. Yes, uh, we we really try to achieve this, uh, to have this diversity. And I didn't mention that also at the European level, we have uh, different organizations involved, different international organizations. Uh, we have on board the European Youth Forum. We have the Intercity Network, that mm -hmm. is uh, a network of municipalities also in the mm -hmm. youth field. We have the Pauli Network, uh, that is a network of uh, youth workers that uh, um, work in the field of uh, open youth work. And uh, uh, we also have the partnership between the Council of Europe and the European Commission in the youth field. So we also try to guarantee this diversity at the European level, involving all these actors uh, in the decision making body uh, in the steering group of the project. And yes, uh, If you look at local youth work, it's really a diverse phenomenon uh, in mm -hmm. each country, carried out differently, involving different stakeholders, uh, looking at the legislation, looking at practice, looking at policies. It's, it's really a diverse uh, uh, field. So we wanted to make sure that uh, the network is also diverse, mm -hmm. uh, bringing in all the actors that are involved. And... Uh, It was also important to uh, give the opportunity to each country to set up an action plan and a national working group according to its own needs and not to force, not to uh, impose something from the European level which that would not fit the local or national realities. And yes, hopefully it's also a community building uh, on the long run. Uh, actually, when I look at our big European events, when we bring together all uh, or almost all the stakeholders, then it really looks like that we are becoming a kind of family or, mm -hmm. or a community uh, that is uh, uh, built uh, really organically from the bottom up, also, of course, with the support uh, from the European level and the stimulus from the national and European level. But, but we try to make sure that... Uh, Each stakeholder can achieve something to develop uh, its own work or his her own work in uh, local use work. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, I have one question: Is that from the outside? Uh, I wanted to understand what's the main difference from most of the transnational projects that Erasmus Plus already had. What was the main need and the main concern for creating Europe Goes Local? Mm, yes, uh, um, it's, um, we, we had uh, different types of um, uh, uh, impulse when, uh, before the project was created, different types of uh, uh, ideas. Uh, it became clear slowly uh, after maybe the crisis the, uh, uh, in 2008 and after that there is actually a gap between European level initiatives and policies and the local realities. Uh, so it was expressed at uh, more and more events, fora, discussions, um, different types of publications that uh, this gap should be filled somehow. Uh, a link or a bridge should be created, a stronger link between European uh, uh, initiatives and the local practices. So, and 
uh, we discovered that uh, yes, there are many projects uh, running uh, with uh, uh, many different European partners, but uh, none of them really, uh, or a f- only a few of them, and maybe in a smaller scale, tackled this question to bring in local actors, namely municipalities, uh, to the European uh, area, to the European um, uh, scene of uh, of youth work. And uh, this was the need that we tried to answer with this project, to offer the opportunity to municipalities and their partners to get uh, to the international uh, fora and uh, to benefit from European uh, ideas, European projects, European sources. And uh, Mm. this project is also a very large-scale project involving almost all uh, EU or European countries, because not only EU countries are involved uh, in it from Europe. Um, At the moment, probably this is one of the biggest uh, um, European uh, projects uh, running. And and that size, that that is something that... um kind of uh, brings a question to my mind because we talk about diversity as is a very positive thing, which I think it is, and we have all these diverse stakeholders uh, and we kind of take it for granted that diversity is good, but diversity management is really hard. It's really hard to cope and put in play all the different interests, timings, tempos, um, uh, all the different roles and once you are, or, I mean, leading, coordinating such a network, how, how is it for you to coordinate such diversity? Yes, uh, I, I obviously had to learn this, mm-hmm. uh, how, to, how to do it, because, uh, uh, yes, I had experience with uh, international projects also from uh, in the past, and uh, also I had experience in leading teams, mm-hmm. but this is really different. Uh, in this project, uh, yeah, everyone has an... Uh, equal role, let's say, and uh, diversity really has to be respected. So uh, I think um, naturally uh, it was a good initiative from the steering group of the project to, to, to respect this diversity. So the project, uh, as I said, doesn't... Uh, uh, um, yeah, we have a few initiatives at the European level, but uh, each country can follow its own path. Mm-hmm. And there are a few points where we meet all together. There are some uh, issues that we really discuss together, that we really work on all together. And uh, this one issue is, for example, the European Charter on Local Use Work that we produce together in the whole network. But besides these few points or free, few key issues mm-hmm. uh, at the European level, uh, it's important that each, each country, each national working group should focus on what uh, its own interest is. Right. So, Can you give us some examples of yes, these initiatives? Yes, yes. Um, it's... Um, uh, Yeah, it's uh, really uh, a big diversity of of activities. There are, uh, for example, many study visits uh, set up uh, bilaterally uh, in the project when uh, different municipalities or different national working groups decide to uh, have some uh, uh, activity together. Um, 
during the study visit, uh, there is an opportunity to closely study the practices uh, of, of another country or of another municipality. Uh, there are about 40 study visits uh, planned or running or have uh, ran in the project, um, which were really tailored uh, to the needs of the participants. We also have some seminars and training courses uh, that um, um, can offer uh, again an international exchange. We have a, a training course on lobbying for youth work. Uh, this has this is a long-term training course, and uh, uh, participants just uh, uh, had uh, uh, we had an open call, and participants could apply, and they are taking part in it. Uh, but there were also various national level uh, activities. Um, in some countries, for example, the project supported the development of local youth strategies. Uh, in some countries, the project uh, initiated some new systems where youth workers can record uh, their work, their performance, they can measure uh, their uh, performance, they can set up indicators, um, and uh, um, this can this supports also the quality development of its work. So it's a uh, it's a big diversity of uh, of activities uh, that are running uh, in the different countries. We have action plans for each country with a few feasible activities national working groups can implement. Hmm. And, and and you you mentioned just before the the charter, the European Charter on Local Youth Work. Yes. Uh, so this is big, a big thing. It's something that the network um, and the, the stakeholders in the network created together. Can you tell us more about it? Yes. Uh, the European Charter on Local Youth Work was launched uh, in June this year uh, on our third European event in Brussels. And uh, uh, this, uh, this tool, this charter, is... Um, a support tool to develop uh, the quality of local youth work. And yes, this is a common product of our whole network. Uh, mm -hmm. This one uh, was created together uh, with uh, different uh, uh, rounds of consultations. Uh, yes, um, the initiative also came from our network. Uh, we had uh, our first European event in Ljubljana in uh, 2017. And uh, after this event, uh, we, we learned that we should produce something, a practical tool, not just a policy paper or a recommendation or a guideline uh, that uh, supports uh, uh, the quality uh, development of youth work equally uh, in every country, uh, at uh, every municipality, uh, if we say so. And uh, uh, the steering group of the project decided that this should be the European Charter on Local Youth Work. And after this, we asked, uh, we hired an expert group uh, that was composed of researchers and uh, also experts of uh, or practitioners of local youth work uh, who came up with draft text. And after, we asked the opinion of our whole network. We launched the consultation process uh, when we asked uh, our partners uh, about the content, what should be in the charter, what sh it should look like, how should it be structured. And uh, we had various rounds of consultations, asking feedbacks. And uh, after this, uh, uh, this process, uh, we launched the charter uh, uh, this June. 
And hopefully this consultation uh, helped us to make a tool that is really owned by the youth workers community in Europe and not only by the project, not only by a few people making decisions, but by the whole youth worker community. Yeah. I've seen uh, from my contact with the Erasmus projects that they're finite, that most of the things they take one, two years. Uh, how is this difference? How are you preparing something that is not time bound, that you, you create a structure that will live by itself? Yes, uh, we yes. Now, uh, as the charter was launched, uh, the next step is really to use it and to make it sustainable. Yeah, uh, not to not to uh, just relate it to a certain project for a certain period, but uh, to to make it live long and be used mm -hmm. uh, by by uh, uh, the stakeholders. Uh, yes. Um, We already have a few ideas for this, and we also asked our uh, uh, network uh, how to do this. And uh, based on, on their suggestions, the ideas are uh, the following. Uh, we are going to develop a toolkit in the project that supports the use of the charter. Uh, this to, Yes, uh, we didn't speak yet about the structure of the charter. Mm. Uh, it's... Uh, Uh, I say, yeah, it's, it's also important to know that this charter is meant to be um, a practical tool that can be used as a checklist, a list of key principles that uh, uh, can support uh, uh, quality use work. It can also be used as, as an assessment tool or a lobbying tool because it really simply describes what use work should be or how it should be uh, uh, carried out. And uh, in order to be able to use this charter as a practical tool, we will uh, develop a toolkit that I mentioned. Uh, this toolkit uh, will uh, give some background information about uh, why we came up with uh, these principles that are stated by the charter. Uh, we will also give some uh, policy references, references to maybe some research or uh, some uh, existing materials. But we also plan to create uh, some guiding questions on each topic, each uh, point of the charter, stimulating discussions uh, amongst uh, uh, the stakeholders, amongst youth workers, and to stimulate a process, a quality development process with the use of the charter. So if you take the charter as a youth worker, you can take these guiding principles uh, as your, your aim or target. You can set up uh, um, new processes, for example, that define your work. And this toolkit that we will develop and make it available online will support this. On the other hand, for the toolkit, we will start also collecting good practices in two directions. One is about already the use of the charter. So we will ask youth organizations or municipalities that already worked with the charter to share about their experience and uh, how they did it. And uh, uh, we also would like to collect good practices in general about uh, the quality development of local youth work. So organizations uh, which have a good practice uh, about, uh, for example, involving young people in local decision-making, 
are, uh, yeah, they should share this practice, not only with us, but with the whole useful community. And this toolkit should be maintained. It should not be uh, just for a certain period uh, of a project period, but uh, it should be uh, an online tool that will be maintained uh, uh, by uh, pro most probably the project network or the national agencies that uh, run the, the project. And... Uh, Besides this, we are also planning on some training courses uh, and, and seminars. Uh, one would be really about how to use the charter, uh, guide youth workers, how to use it as a lobbying tool or as a practical tool for, tool for quality development. And fortunately, the Erasmus Plus program really supports um, training courses and, and also training courses, courses that uh, reoccur in time, so comes back and, and more and more people can uh, take part in them. So these training courses uh, should, should just be embedded in the whole uh, Erasmus Plus uh, user development uh, segment. So Judith, um, this, this charter, um, it's really, it, it sets up a baseline of values that youth work should follow, of principles that should underlay youth work, and it was agreed by all these 23 countries, these 200 uh, partners. So that's, I mean, it's, sometimes it's hard to believe. This didn't exist before, so we've been doing youth work for years, but at municipal level, was there not something like this before? Yes, uh of course, uh, in some countries, yes, and in mm. some countries, not. But at not some at European only, level. But not at the European level, yes. Yeah. Uh, of course, it also says a lot about that. Again, we have to connect to the diversity of local yeah. youth work. Uh, and uh, uh, yes, uh, definitely. Some municipalities really have lots of tools, uh, very well-established methods, well-established structures, um, the legislation fully covers not only youth and youth policies, but also youth work and youth work policies. Uh, but uh, yes, it didn't. Uh, such text uh, didn't uh, didn't exist at the European level uh, before. This is great. This is what I like about innovation: is that it comes in forms that sometimes one doesn't expect. And and I, I think it kind of went under the radar. The need to have some guidelines that we can, like you said, use to lobby, use to accommodate new practices and improve the quality of work at local level. But this brings me also the question of what, what you were saying now, which is what about the countries, the municipalities that already have these structures, that already have this history of um, embracing youth work and developing it? What is the added value for them of having such a charter? Yes, uh it's it's really important uh, to say uh, and to and to state that this charter is really a free to use tool so mm -hmm. it's not obligatory to anyone uh, we will not ask anybody if uh, yes of course we ask uh, municipalities and stakeholders to share their practices and their opinion and give feedback but it's not a mandatory uh, mm -hmm. uh, tool um, and uh, we, we think that uh, each stakeholder can find something uh, that can be useful. Uh, for example, uh, if uh, a municipality has well-established structures, legislation, resources, uh, this, uh, this uh, charter can still be used as a checklist 
to really mm. question uh, if they really have everything in place, what they need, or is there still space uh, for improvement? Uh, so, uh, as I said, it's it's really easy to use it as a as a checklist. And on the other hand, if uh, uh, the policies and processes are uh, established uh, from time to time, they have revised. And this charter can also be a support tool for revising uh, when it comes uh, to revising all these existing areas and uh, yeah. existing background. Um, I just an example. Uh, I was uh, uh, during the development process of the charter. Uh, it's about uh, half a year ago. I was invited for a conference uh, of another network. And uh, I was asked uh, to to present the idea of the charter. Of course, that time it was not the final version. We didn't know what the final version would be and uh, what it would look like. But uh, I could already present the idea of having such a tool. And um, uh, in my workshop, there were some youth workers uh, from... Uh, yeah, from from as far as I remember, some Finnish municipalities, uh, which really had uh, great tools in place, what they used in their daily work. And uh, when I asked them quite the same question, what you ask me now, mm-hmm. how would you use this uh, as you already have everything <laughs> or it looks like? And they told me that, uh, for example, if uh, they have a new colleague, this charter could be like a very good tool to really introduce youth work to them and to show them how a European tool can relate to their work and uh, the basic principles of youth work are really uh, laid down uh, in, in the charter. And they, they said that it's a great tool, even though um, they really have all the resources and, and uh, well-established systems, but still uh, it's, a, it's a useful material for them as well. Yeah. You know, I used to teach at university and training um, edu- social educators who are and, and animators who are um, the professionals that end up doing a lot of the youth work that is done in Portugal. Um, I can see this as a strong base also for the curriculum of training professional youth workers because it does set important principles about youth participation, about democracy building, about involvement of stakeholders. Um, so it doesn't matter exactly if, if you are uh, now giving the first steps as a community into recognizing youth work, it always brings something that you can also think deeper about, like you were saying, you can always question yourself um, because it does lay lay down the standards, and, and yes. you can think of these standards in many different ways. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, I was thinking that the baseline uh, it's not anymore assumptions, and m- many right. of the confusions and lack of communication are assumptions that when I say use work, you listen to my use work, <laughs> and when you say use work, you you think that I'm understanding exactly what you mean by saying use work, and. I've seen a lot of uh, things that people, the way that they look at use work are not the same. This creates a base where we can speak the same language. Yes, hopefully it contributes to that uh, as well. Uh, On the other hand, uh, recently there were really uh, great policy developments also to help this uh, problem uh, because uh, uh, the Council of Europe uh, published a recommendation on youth work um, uh, 
recently, yeah, it's uh, already, uh, I think, two years ago mm -hmm. or, yes, or so. Uh, and uh, also the European Youth Strategy uh, is uh, referring to youth work uh, quite extensively. And uh, yes, it's not a secret that with the Charter, we also wanted to relate to these uh, large uh, policy documents and or, or high-level uh, policy documents uh, in the case of the Council of Europe's recommendation, but also the strategy. And uh, uh, what these documents define at the policy level, we just wanted to uh, define for the practice level. So really to bring it to practitioners and uh, actually uh, the, the, the guiding principles uh, laid down in the charter uh, can really be discussions or even such discussion as well, just like you refer to, uh, to, to, to define what youth work means to me, what youth work means in my context and in another context, because uh, we just wanted to make sure, hopefully uh, we could achieve this, that uh, the charter uh, would be able to accommodate each different practices. So we didn't uh, like prescribe uh, some uh, kind of unified practice or, or unified approach, but uh, we try to make sure that uh, uh, the, the charter can really uh, give space to, again, to the diversity of youth work and, and local youth work. You know, I see it as a zipper, honestly. <laughs> this sounds strange, but I see it as a zipper effect. You know, you have high-level politics and local-level uh, practices, also policies, um, and it's sometimes hard to bring all that together from different sides. And I see EGL a little bit like a zipper that kind of closes that gap and unifies uh, different uh, different areas of thinking and of doing youth work. Yeah, it's a nice metaphor, actually. <laughs> yes, it really it, it's a nice metaphor. And I was thinking just uh, one recently in the past few days because now we are connected by different networks for cooperation. Mm. Um, more and more uh, needs are expressed uh, to share information about the project. And I was thinking that uh, this project it's a kind of like cat catalysator of mm -hmm. different, uh, like between the European level and the local level. And even, I guess, some countries use it also as a cat uh, catalysator between the national and local level, mm -hmm. because it can also help uh, that, I think, I of guess. Of course, to bring that cohesion. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, we heard about EGL, Europe Goes Local Network, and about the charter. And um, about the zipper. And about yes. the zipper, about <laughs> yes. of the conversation, and about the catalyzator. Um, um, I have now a, a different question for you. Yes. Uh, it's the question left by our previous uh, guest, and then you will have the chance to leave uh, your own question for the next one. Um, these questions are always about innovation in youth work, and our previous guest was wondering about how do we prepare people for uh, innovation, innovative practices, if we don't prepare them for failure. So the question is, are we preparing youth works, we, youth workers, sorry, to fail? Are we preparing our, our ecosystem of players enough for possible failure? What do you think? Yes, uh, this is a <laughs> very challenging uh, and very interesting question. Uh, and uh, 
I'm not sure that we really prepare uh, youth workers uh, to to handle failure. Uh, yeah, uh, but what I believe is that uh, if youth work uh, becomes uh, more and more professionalized, then youth workers uh, will be more and more prepared also to fail, to failure. I mean, to handle failure, uh, uh, because uh, if you have the if you have the tools uh, to to uh, prepare your work professionally, then you will you will be able to also figure out what to do if an approach fails. Mm -hmm. If uh, the less ad hoc the work is, of course, there is always something ad hoc. We cannot mm -hmm. uh, and we shouldn't avoid that. And yes, but uh, uh, I. I my my first uh, answer to this is that uh, uh, learning uh, in youth work is really crucial also to be prepared to handle uh, uh, failure. And uh, well-established processes really help to handle also failure and to react and learn from it and, and go on and, and uh, go further. Mm -hmm. and, and our charter... <laughs> also describes uh, really uh, quality processes and uh, what could help uh, quality processes in local youth work. And yeah, so it <laughs> might also be an answer to how to handle failing. <laughs> Very good answer. <laughs> okay, do you want to leave a question for our next guest? Yes. Uh, uh, recently, I think a lot about uh, the connections uh, between youth work and developing sustainable local communities. I think uh, it's a very uh, exciting question and uh, it's very timely now because uh, we need to uh, work um, on our uh, um, living and communities to become more and more sustainable. So how can youth work contribute to involve uh, or engage young people in uh, developing sustainable mm. local communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very relevant question. Very good. Well, we are almost um, in our conversation. You did, do you want to leave us with any links uh, where people can find more about the project or eventually joining in if that's still a possibility? Yes, uh, the, the link uh, of the project website is uh, www.europegoeslocal.eu and there there is information about the project, about partners, and also the charter can be downloaded from there. We also have a Facebook page, uh, Europe Goes Local Facebook page. It can be found easily. And we also have a network, uh, uh, um, network uh, group on Facebook. Uh, join the group uh, if you are uh, willing to share your ideas, your call for partners, share about your projects, because the group is really about networking and not to share information closely about the project, but about local youth work. Thank you so much. It was really a pleasure for me to, to be able to have this conversation with you guys and to, and to discuss uh, this, this, this zipper, this <laughs> link between um, politics at, at, at European level and the practice. And this is a, a very dear theme to me as well. So thank you so much for your participation in our podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really a pleasure discussing with you.
<laughs> yeah, you. and one one last thought is that uh, thinking that Europe goes local uh, looks to me like a, a meta network that connects all the networks that already exist. It it could be um, uh, a very good way to think about it. Yes, I I think it's uh, absolutely in line with uh, what is happening now around Europe goes local because yes, uh, we we also became a bit like a, a meeting point of, of different networks or, or umbrella organizations that work with local stakeholders. And thanks a lot for uh, <laughs> confirming this, that it's a good direction. Yes, yes. <laughs> Very good. Well, thank you for networking uh, today between the three of us, guys. And um, until the next episode. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Tim Maes with the support of UMAC, University of Applied Sciences.